I'm Jess. And I'm Tiff. And we're your Curious Cousins. Where we talk about everything kooky and spooky in the state of Oklahoma. Welcome to episode 42. Yes, welcome. How are you? I could be better. (laughs) Loaded question. I mean, health and mental, I'm great. (laughs) So um, Emotionally, I'm a little upset. (laughs) uh, Northeastern Oklahoma. Yes. We had quite the storm Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, we had winds clocking it at 100 miles per hour, straight line winds. Yeah. And most all of us at some point mm-hmm. lost electricity, or many yeah. of us did. I yeah. know we lost electricity probably about 11.45 or midnight mm-hmm. that day or Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah. And then you pretty we, quickly yeah, afterwards. Yeah, we lost power. I think it was about 12.30. Yeah. And um, we still don't have power, so we're still out of power. Jess is out three days later. So Tiff has power. She got it after I got it after about. Let's not talk about myself in the third person. (laughs) Um, I got it after we had we were out for about eleven hours. Yeah, and so we well, it was lucky Sunday. It was actually really nice. So nice. Um, I mean, my neighborhood literally looks like a tornado came through. Yes, like there's yes. um, our we were very fortunate that our house wasn't hit worse. Uh, we did. You have a very old tree. Very yeah, big we, tree. We in your do. Front yard. And um, we did have a lot of big limbs mm-hmm. fall in our neighbor's tree in their backyard. Half of it fell into our into our backyard, but mm-hmm. they were nice enough to come over and help cut it and. Um, pilot into the backyard nice. with everything Good. else, but um, it could have been a lot worse. Yes. There were a lot of houses in our neighborhood that had really big trees fall on the roof, mm-hmm. and we were lucky that we right. we didn't have that. But right. we still don't have power, so right. So. It's just been, and it's getting like hot, hot weather. So oh, yeah. So she's bunking up. <sighs> I am. I'm, I'm, we're having a sleepover. We are. We are. As I get up early and then go to work. <laughs> I know. Lucky for me, though, too, like from my house to my work, it's pretty much the same distance from my work to your house. Right. So that hasn't really affected me. That's good. Too much. Yeah. She's fed me and all the all the things. So I know I do what I can. I do what I I appreciate it. Hey, what is family for? Right. I'm just lucky. I've got family near that could take me. I'll tell everybody a funny story, though. So I helped Jess clean out her refrigerator yesterday, (laughs) and she acted like it was going to be, like, super gross, and I opened it, and it wasn't gross. Like, she had gloves, and guys, she had gloves and a mask on, (laughs) and I'm just sitting there, like, freehand, no mask, and I open it. It doesn't even, they literally had two things of leftovers that I had to clean out. Everything else was, like, in its package or in its jar. I don't remember. There was one thing you were throwing away or dumping out, and I was like, Ugh. It was the smothered pork chops. That one. That was the grossest thing. That, and in their freezer, they had, like, you know, biscuits. Yeah. And they were all so squishy. squishy. Yeah. Let's that, not even talk about it. the bags of pickle juice my dad had had oh, in the freezer that leaked out Oh, yeah. That, okay, that was, that was kind of. That was more of like, oh, are you serious? Don't ask. It's a thing. Yeah. But other than that, it wasn't, it was not terrible by any means. It wasn't. Well, I just, I think for me, I can handle a lot of things. (sighs) Rotten refrigerator food is not one of them. It wasn't even rotten. It 
Well, I think I built it up so much in my mind. So much of it was still cold. Yeah, and shout out to my brother James because Sunday he brought over a couple of ice chests and like these big, huge bags of ice. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to save some of our stuff from like the deep freeze. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much, James. You don't know how much that really helped. Now come get them out of my house. I love you, James. (laughs) They can stay here. It's fine. And Tiff was just a big help with helping me lug it to her house and right. storing it because my parents decided to go to Branson right, and, right. and leave me here with that to clean up. I did have to brown up five pounds <laughs> of blue and gold sausage last night because I refused to let her throw that That stuff out. is expensive. And it's literally gold. It says so on the package. <laughs> it's blue and gold. True. True. But anyway, so that's that's all I have. You got any news or? Um, oh, I did want to say that you know, last week we covered the Masonic Boys Home. Yes. That was actually a um, a listener request. Oh, okay. I can't remember who requested, though. If you did. If you did, please shout out that it was you. I am so sorry that I forgot who it is. I wrote down, I have a list of my listener requests or the, the listener requests that you guys want us to cover, the stories you want us to cover. And we're trying to, like, check them off one mm-hmm. by one. Like, we have another big listener request coming up in yes, July. Yes, we do. We do. And, um, but it's, it, I didn't think at the beginning to write down who requested it. And then towards the, like now I write down who requests it. Yeah. And so, um, I apologize that I did not write your name down. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But if it was you, please like say like, Hey, it was me. I requested it. Yeah, absolutely. I want to give you the credit. Yeah, so. for sure. Cause it was a great story. I thought it was a great story. So, um, yeah, other than that, I think I am good to go. It is a true crime it episode. It is. It is. And it's just horrific. It sure is. So, um, just tell us who you are covering this okay. week. Okay. Well, I am covering Nanny Doss, <laughs> also known as the Giggling, the Giggling Granny, Granny, the Lonely Hearts Killer, Ooh. the Black Widow, Ooh. and Lady Bluebeard. Lady, are, Lady Bluebeard? Yeah. She's known by all those. No, oh, I didn't know that last one. All those names. So my sources are the Big Book of Serial Killers, an encyclopedia of serial killers. Yes, we have that book. <laughs> it's by Jack Rosewood and Rebecca Lowe. Erie, Oklahoma by Heather Woodward. The World's Worst Criminals and A through Z of Evil Men and Women by Charlotte Gregg. So book. <laughs> we are going to just... Get right in. Dive right in. So background, a little bit of background. Nancy Hazel Doss was born on November 4th, 1905 in Blue Mountain in the hill country of northwest Alabama to the parents, James and Louisa Hazel. Nancy, who was called Nanny, and who I will just kind of refer to her as Nanny throughout this whole thing. Okay. Um... She was one of five children. She was said to have despised her father. Oh. One source said that her mother also hated James Hazel. So her husband, she hated him. Her mother was said to have a nasty streak and that she was controlling. Okay. James Hazel would make the children stay home from school so that they could work on the family farm. Okay. And she did have a tough childhood. Her father would work her and her siblings pretty much as if they were hired farmhands who didn't get paid, obviously. And he he would beat them if they failed to keep up with his demanding pace of work. 
as a result of this, Nanny never really learned to read or write very well because they they didn't go to school. Okay. I'm not even sure how she kind of even learned to read in the first place because she does read a lot. You'll come to learn. But when Nanny was around uh, seven years old, the family went on a train trip to visit some relatives. The train, uh, while they were riding it, came to a, uh, a very sudden stop, causing Nanny to hit her head on the metal bar of the seat in front of her. Oh, no. Yes. This accident resulted in her suffering from terrible headaches and even blackouts for many years after. And then she also struggled with bouts of depression. Even though she couldn't read very well, Uh when she was a little older, Nanny liked to immerse herself in her mother's romantic magazines. Ooh. By the time Nanny was a teenager, she dreamed of this fairy tale love life with, you know, the perfect husband. Now, what her ideal of a perfect quote quote husband was, you know, I'm using my fingers here. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what her ideal perfect husband was. Later in life, she enjoyed reading the Lonely Hearts columns. And that's kind of basically like um, for those out there who don't know, it's kind of you would write in to they would have advertisements in the newspapers and you would write to people. Right. It was like a right. dating service. Oh, yeah. Before Tender. Right. Or they, you would it, 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 harmony or whatever. Personal ads. Yeah. Yeah. They were like they personal, were personal ads. ads. Yeah. And they called it the Lonely Hearts columns. Mm-hmm. So Nanny and her sister, they were heavily restricted by their father from dressing like other girls Mm -hmm. their age and they weren't allowed to wear makeup Mm -hmm. the girls also weren't allowed to attend dances you know Mm -hmm. and when you're a teenager oh yeah so despite or if not because of her father's strictness and all of his efforts to protect the girls from the clutches of men and you know (laughs) nanny became pretty willful Mm -hmm. and they described her as a willful teenager and she was said to be known as uh uh for her promiscuity oh Mm -hmm. unfortunately well if you say a teenager can't do something and forbid them from it what are they gonna do right so you hold on too tight Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway Unfortunately, both Nanny and her sister, Debbie, were molested on a number of occasions. Oh, my gosh. Nanny desperately wanted to get away from her abusive father and just the wear and tear of farm life, which is something we see or hear a lot in these types of cases. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of... um, Pretty Boy Floyd Mm -hmm. was the same way. He wanted to get away from that farm life, and it's just... It's kind of in that same, this is kind of during that same. Yeah, time period, yeah. Yep. So in 1921, at 16 years old, Nanny married her co-worker at the linen thread factory named Charlie Braggs. Okay. The couple. 16? 16. Okay. I don't know how old he was at the time. The couple had only been dating for four months before her father gave his consent for them to marry. Oh, my gosh. Right? 
Oh, my gosh. The couple would have four children together, pretty much one right after the other, and they were all girls. Oh. (laughs) Nanny was so desperate to escape her domineering father, which kind of caused her to jump into the relationship with Braggs, Mm -hmm. just to put her in the same situation with a domineering mother-in-law. So oh, she went no. from one bad situation right into uh, another. Man, I'm going to tell everybody right now, we feel sorry for the child, <laughs> not the adult. Yes. I feel sorry for Nanny as a child. Yes. Not as adult. Yes. Braggs' mother lived with a newly wedded couple, and she was said to be... <laughs> she lived with a newly... She did. Why would she even want to live with them? She, uh, who knows? Um, she was said to be t- uh, very temperamental, abusive, and very controlling. And s- when Charlie himself turned out to be a drunk and a womanizer, oh, who would sometimes just disappear for days, leaving Nanny to manage the household, this really stressed Nanny out. Right. And having four small children all kind of like in the same. Oh, I forgot she had kids too. Yeah, and then you on top you have probably these four small children, just one after the other. And uh, yeah. then on top of that, you have you're managing this household and you have this overbearing mother in law. Right. I can I I don't I can see how someone might just break. Snap. Yeah. That's why they have a show called Snap now. Yeah. I mean it's like what could possibly go <laughs> right, wrong, right? Right. <laughs> so Nanny responded to this for like him going out and womanizing and doing his thing her response to this was going out and going back to her wild ways as well so she would just go out and do the same thing well she can play that game i guess right that's probably how she looked at it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was clear that the marriage wasn't built to last (laughs) if if there was any Uh, question well so the couple divorced in 1928 and bragg's took his oldest daughter, Malvina, with him. The two middle children had died under mysterious circumstances. Now, here's what's kooky. They were healthy, lively children, and then all of a sudden they became sick, and it was said they became sick from food poisoning and and died quickly from food poisoning. Okay. One source did, did people use? I mean, never mind. Yes, you can die from food poisoning. It's not common now, but I guess back then, I mean, salmonella is a type of food poisoning, and true, you can die from it. But true. One source said that the two tragedies happened separately. Okay. Like they didn't happen. Both of them didn't get sick at the same time. You thought if they would both eat something, the same thing, right. they both would it have. happened. On two different occasions. Ah, well, that is very suspicious. Um, no one suspected foul play. Okay. Braggs left his wife with her only other living child. Okay. An infant named Florine. So she was just a baby. And so he took the oldest and he left the youngest with her. Probably because she was a baby and she may have... Did it say how old she was? No, it just called her an infant. She may have been nursing or so, something. Yeah. When Braggs left with his older daughter, it was because he believed that Nanny had murdered their two children. Mm. And after leaving, he left his mother with <laughs> Nanny. And she, so she's still in the house with Nanny. 
Who so also, he was concerned enough to lead, to take his child, but not concerned enough to take his mother. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? What? Mother-in-law <gasps> dies. Did she get food poisoning too? Probably. Huh. Cookie fact. Okay. Braggs would later claim that he left Nanny because he was afraid of her and because he was frightened of his wife and had made a point of not eating Anything that she prepared. Okay, if that was true, then why didn't you take your infant child too? Right. And your mother. Furthermore, it just kind of makes you wonder, other than the fact his two middle children dying, Mm -hmm. passing away, like what else made his instincts kick in? Right. And think like, I got to get the heck out of Dodge. Like, Right. You know what I mean? Like what triggered him to be like, I'm not eating anything that she cooks for me. Yeah. I, it just makes you wonder. I'm not eating any of that. I'm going to take my child with me. Like, did she say something weird that was kind of off? And he was like, wait, what? Right. Did did he just automatically suspect because the two children died of, quote, quote, food poisoning? Like, what what was it? I, that's my I wish question. he would have elaborated more on, like, yeah. what was your, what were your feelings? What tipped you off to Right. This? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So with her husband gone, Nanny took a job at a cotton mill to support herself and her remaining daughter, Florine. One source said that when Braggs left with his oldest daughter, Malvina, he eventually returned her back to Nanny. So he took the oldest daughter back to Nanny. And then in 1928, they were soon divorced after. So it was like he left because he was afraid and he took her with him. But then he took her back to her and then they got divorced. It sounds then, like he was like, oh, I can't handle being a dad. Yeah, that, I, I mean, have some just, responsibilities. And Maybe like, she wasn't trying to murder and, her children. And I don't know how old Malvina was at that time. Yeah. Either. So, I, I mean. I mean, they got married, what, 1921? It's yeah. 1928 at this time. She can't be older than seven. Right. That's true. So. That's very true. So, the source also said that Nanny took both of her children with her to live in her mother's house. This so is going when, to her mother. Yeah. Okay. So like okay. they mother-in-law's like, dead. Right. Now they're divorced, going to live with her mother. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And this is when Nanny became fascinated by the Lonely Hearts columns once again. Like she got back into it and she sent many letters in response to men's advertising. It's almost heartbreaking. I know. So a short while later, Nanny moved over the state line into Georgia. A year after her marriage to Bragg's ended, she got remarried to a man named Frank Harrelson. Guess what? Frank Harrelson turned out to be an abusive alcoholic. Oh, I was about to say, I was about to say, I was like, he was an alcoholic. From Jacksonville, Florida. I feel like I should be taking notes. You probably, I mean, if you want to, you might. Um, <laughs> all right. Abusive, so we have abusive father. Abusive father. Probably abusive mother. A controlling mother. Controlling mother. Oh. Head injury. Yes. Um, uneducated. Yes. Uh, early marriage. Yes. She wanted to escape. Yes. She had, you know, she wanted to, she had visions of, de- or delusional visions of grandeur. Does that make sense? Fair, that? Yeah. Fairy tale, um, romantic. Right. She got Notions. married soon. 
four children right off the bat, living with a not nice mother-in-law. Right. Married to an abused, abusive. Alcoholic womanizing. Drunk. Cheat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a pattern. There's a, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. And then two of her children die mysteriously. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. The couple met through a Lonely Hearts column. Okay. In one of her romance magazines that she loved to read so much, Frank started sending Nanny poetry. Aww. Started off with poetry. And in return, she replied by sending him a cake. Oh. oh. Okay. Frank's letters progressed to love letters. No. And she sent him. No, oh, no. Now, remember, this is like late 1920s. Early, early 30s. 1930s, yeah. He sends her love letters, and she sends him sexy letters with risque photographs. Oh, I was going to say nudie pics. Yep. <laughs> they got married in 1929 oh. and lived in Jacksonville. Soon after they were married, Nanny found out that Frank had a criminal record for assault. Ouch. Despite that, though, she stayed with him, and they actually remained married for, like, 16 years. Oh. Up until Frank's, you know, met, met his um, untimely death. Oops. Okay. Okay. So, during this time that they were married, Melvina, the oldest child, remember? Yes. During this time, Melvina's children mysteriously died during visits with their grandmother. In 1945... Nanny's oldest daughter, Melvina, uh-huh. gave birth to her second baby. She had babies early, too. Yeah, I, I mean. Let's just assume she was born in 1922. Right. So she would have been 20 and 42. So she really had baby. I mean, I, this is the time period, though. Right, it is. This it's, is. Ugh. It is. Oh, I can't imagine. So the baby died soon after birth. Okay. This is her second child. Okay. Melvina had been given ether during her labor, which could cause hallucinations. Right. And she thought that she saw Nanny stick a hat pin into the baby's head. No, no, And into the brain. No, Mm -hmm. no. One source said that Melvina had asked her husband and her sister, who said that Nanny had told them the baby was dead. Nanny just happened to be holding a hat pin at the time that she told the husband and the sister that the baby had died. She's holding a hat pin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Another source said that Melvina relayed what she saw to the doctor, but there wasn't enough conclusive evidence to show that that was the cause of the baby's death. And, I mean, remember, this is early or late 1950s. Or no, this is 1945. But still, there'd be some sort of bruising or something. Or I mean, pen but you think, but you blood. Gotta, but you gotta think like this is brand new baby. Their skulls are soft and squishy. Oh yeah, I know, I know. But still, there would have been you some sort think, of pinprick. But I mean, I could imagine that if it was freshly born, that and who knows it where in the has, head she did it? Yeah, it's pro- it may still be a little bloody Mm -hmm. so if that wasn't bad enough oh my oh my gosh i know does that just not make you cringe oh my gosh if that wasn't bad enough malvina's marriage baby soon just it soon just disintegrated 
And how I can imagine the type of depression she probably was under. I can't even imagine. I can't either. So after a while, Malvina starts dating a soldier. But here's the thing. Is she like her mother? No, I don't think so. Okay. The thing is, though, she starts dating the soldier, but Nanny didn't approve of him. It didn't say why. I don't know why she didn't like him. She just didn't approve of him. So on July 7th, 1945, just months after her newborn baby died, Melvina left her two-year-old son, Robert, with Nanny while she went to go visit her father. Melvina went to go visit her dad. Right. Left two-year-old Robert with his grandmother. Right? Well. Oh, my gosh. Robert dies while in the care of his grandmother. The doctors diagnosed his cause of death as asphyxia from unknown causes. Asphyxia from unknown causes. Unknown causes. Here's a kooky fact. Nanny had taken out life insur- a life insurance policy on her grandson, Robert. It was valued at $500 in, at, in 1945. Or, yeah, 1945. And she collected that insurance payout um, just two months after Robert's death. So that would be valued at roughly $8,450 in today's money. <sighs> The life of a two-year-old child is worth eight thousand dollars. Is worth eight thousand dollars. Not in my life, it's not. But not in mine either. So Melvina, oh my gosh, Melvina, asphyxiation. Yep. Yep. Melvina suspected her mother had something to do with the child's death, and like, I kind of, I'm not trying to like blame anybody, but I've. It seems like if you were kind of suspecting your mother of killing your newborn child, why would you feel comfortable leaving your two-year-old with that same woman who killed your your newborn? Either she was him? someone convinced her that she was just hallucinating from the ether or she had no one else because that's you know her true. marriage had dissolved. I mean she that's had true. No, but then why why wouldn't you take him to see your father? Because you would think your father would want to see his grandson. Right. I mean, it's just I mean, question. My dad likes it's to just... see his grandson. His, his right. grandsons. Yeah. I mean, my dad does too. It's just like, yeah. it's odd. It's just weird to me. So another source said that it was Nanny's youngest daughter, Florine, whose child had died. And it said that Flor- Florine left the baby in Nanny's care while she went to go visit her father. Mm-hmm. Three days later, the baby was dead. The suggestion was that the baby might have accidentally swallowed rat poison. So. Mm. Rat yes. poison. Accidentally swallowed it. A baby. And then it started to vomit and probably choked on its vomit. So when Japan surrendered at the end of World War II, mm-hmm. Nanny's husband, Frank, celebrated a little bit too much. Oh. One night while drunk, he raped Nanny when she found his jar of moonshine buried in the garden the next day. She filled it with rat poison. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right? One source said that Frank died that night. A couple of other sources said that Frank died a few days later, and people just assumed 
that it had that he had died from uh, food poisoning. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's going to be such a shock to learn, uh, but Nanny had a life insurance policy on her husband. Well, wouldn't you have had one on your husband? <laughs> None of my sources mentioned how much the policy was for. Mm-hmm. However, the payment was enough for Nanny to buy a house in Jackson, Mississippi. Ooh. So this woman goes from Alabama Mm -hmm. to Georgia to Florida to now Mississippi. She's making her way all along the South. Right. And one source said that she lived in in Jackson uh, until like 1947. So probably not even two years. Being single again... Nanny found another suitor in the Lonely Hearts column wow. named Arlie Lanning. You know, she had to have these life insurance policies so that she could afford to get the newspaper and to write in and get column. And, you know, right. I, I, I'm assuming it pays. You have to pay to put something in the newspaper. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you do. Yeah. So... Um, this next suitor is Arlie Lanning okay. from Lexington, North Carolina. Okay. One source said that two days after they met, they were married. Like, wow. Whoa. Uh-huh. Well, you know, you know, I guess. Well, and because, you know, Nanny knows how to pick them, it should be no surprise that Arlie Lanning turned out to be another alcoholic adultering disappointment. During their marriage, Nanny sometimes would disappear for months at a time. Like, Nanny Nanny would. And when she was home, though, she played the part of a doting wife perfectly. One source said that in February of 1950, Nanny served Arlie... Oh, no. Get this. Oh, no. She served Arlie a meal of stewed prunes and coffee. That sounds awful. Was he stopped to me. up? That I don't know. That would literally make your bottom explode. I, that's what I would think. Oh my god! Nanny. Okay, so Arlie ends up having terrible stomach pains. Two, <laughs> you think for two days? Oh my god! And then he died. Oh my gosh! Nanny told the neighbors that his last words. <laughs> Were, quote, Nanny, it must have been the coffee, end quote. That's what she told the neighbors. I think it was a combination of both of them and your, well, I <laughs> your mean, colon could not handle it. Your intestines exploded. I mean, of, of course he could have been wrong. It right. very well may have been the arsenic in the coffee. Oh, oh, but then what, again, what? But then again, it could have been the prunes that had been stewed in rat poison. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. A combination of rat poison and she wanted him gone. And arsenic. She wanted him gone. The doctor, needless to say, did not suspect murder. Other- and at this point in time, they could tell if someone was poisoned by arsenic. You would and think, rat poison. You would think. They know how they know it. They knew arsenic. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. How? What? Others, this is insane. I know. Other sort this whole thing is insane. Other sources said that she poisoned one of his meals and he either died from heart failure or from a heart attack. The doctors attributed his death to his heavy drinking. That's what they claimed his 
he died from was his heavy drinking. The whole town, get this, get this, Tiff. Oh my gosh. The whole town ends up supporting Nanny. Uh, like, once Arlie died, like, oh, we're so, you poor thing, you know. Death like just that, follows you everywhere. That kind of thing. Like, oh, poor you, your husband just died. Okay. Well, however, in a kooky turn of events. Oh, Lord. Guess what happened? She puts in another ad, and she finds another husband. Well, you're not all wrong. Okay. Not long after Arlie's death, their house burns down. One source said that in the event of Arlie's death, the house would go to his sister. Oh. As stated in his will. However, since the house burned down, it was insured. Which meant Nanny was listed as the sole recipient of the insurance payout. Soon after, when the check... Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Right. Soon after, when the check cleared (laughs) and Lanning's mother had died, let's throw in another mother-in-law, Nanny skedaddled her way out of North Carolina. Now, there is some conflicting information on what happens next. Some sources say that Nanny went to go visit her sister, Dovey, who we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And they had said she was bedridden, I'm sorry, bedridden and died not long after Nanny arrived. Mm -hmm. Another source said that Dovey went to Nanny's house Mm -hmm. to visit and ended up with a mysterious affliction that caused her death. Not surprised there. Right. Which... Whichever um, of these we take into account, the point ends up being Dovey ends up dying Mm -hmm. after visiting Nanny. That's all there is. In 1952, Nanny Maybe she was just really bad at cooking chicken. I mean, if prunes is the only thing she knows how to cook. (laughs) I'm lying. I know she's... Yeah. In, In 1952... Nanny decided to sign up with a new dating service called, get this, the Diamond Circle Club. Sounds like a... The DCC. <laughs> the Diamond Circle Club. That sounds like a credit card club right? you get into. Or like if you go to a certain resort so many times. Oh, right. You've visited Sandals 32 times. You're part of the Diamond Circle Club. Heck yeah. Through this agency is where Nanny meets what I believe is now will be her fourth husband, Richard Morton from Emporia, Kansas. They were married in 1953. Okay. Morton was a disappointment, but he wasn't an alcoholic, kookily enough. He was a womanizer and a cheat, though. Nanny didn't find out. I'll be perfect. uh, Right? (laughs) Nanny didn't find out about the cheating for a while because she was a little bit distracted during this time. You don't say. I do. You might think he would, be- he would become her next victim, you know, the poison. Mm. However, you would be wrong. In January of 1953, Nanny's mother, Louisa, came to live with her. Oh, no. Um, her and Richard, after breaking her hip. It's no surprise that her mother ends up falling ill with Mm -hmm. a chronic stomach pain Mm -hmm. and dies. 
Just three months after Nanny's mother died in 1953, her husband, Richard Morton, seems to have died the exact same way that her mother did, supposedly from poison. She was on a roll. Good night. Yet again, the doctors failed to ask or to do an autopsy. I've lost count now at this point. And, yeah. And it's just, like, it's just crazy to me. Like, she's literally leaving this trail of bodies. (laughs) Yeah. Nanny's last husband was Samuel Doss from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. This is where Oklahoma ties in. One source stated that while Nanny was married to Richard Morton, her fourth husband, she had continued corresponding with her Lonely Hearts column. Oh. And immediately after Morton's funeral, she went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh. Nanny and Samuel were married in June of 1953. Okay. Samuel Doss was not a drinker. He wasn't abusive. He didn't cheat. And he wasn't a womanizer. One source said that he was actually a Nazarene minister, but another source described him as just being a clean church going man. Despite all of these great qualities that he had, unlike the husbands who came before him, mm-hmm. Nanny's new husband, he still failed to meet her romantic ideal oh, and her expectations. And it seems that his only fault was that he didn't like or approve of those romance magazines and novels that his new wife was so fond of. And he actually forbade her from reading anything or watching anything on the television that was not meant for educational purposes. Oh. Uh, So a little over a year later, in September of 1954, Samuel ended up in the hospital. And the diagnosis was that he was suffering from an infection of of the digestive tract. Okay. This was just after he had eaten one of Nanny's famous prune cakes laced with poison that the poor man had ingested, not knowing he had ingested it. Right. Kookly enough, Samuel actually survived and was released from the hospital 23 days later and was sent home on October 5th, 1954. Well, guess what? Oh, no. I don't know if I want to know what. He died that very same night after returning from the home from the hospital. That evening, Nanny served him a perfectly innocent pork roast, which Samuel washed down with a rather dangerous cup of coffee that she had laced with arsenic. Oh, my gosh. He died immediately. Oh, my gosh. All right. So I'm actually going to leave it there. What? What? And next week, we'll get into how she was finally caught and what happened. Oh, my So goodness. that was just her background and kind of her history of crime. Holy smokes. That's Is good. that not like, Ugh. like, I have heard, I've listened to other podcasts that have covered Nanny Dodd. Me too, And yeah. I guess, like, it's just kind of been a while since I had heard them that it, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot yeah. how crazy it actually was. I for, I've forgotten how. Oh my gosh, the story's nuts. It's nuts. It's just like I. It's um, I don't know if amazing is the right word. Mm-hmm. Like, it amazes me that she was able to get away with it for so right, long. Right. Right. And it. Ugh. I mean, that's oh, like man. over twenty years. Because oh she, yeah, no. She started in like what nineteen twenty. 
eight, eight or yeah. no before that because the two girls the two right. her own daughters this, oh my gosh i did read one source said that she had anywhere from eight to 11 victims mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like as i was going through it i didn't sit there and count the, it, yeah. it's uh, one is she too didn't many. she doesn't confess to all of them or she i don't think so. she... she confesses to some but i don't yeah. think she confesses to all of them right but that's probably something we'll get into next week okay perfect so but anyway right. uh that's part one of nanny dos oh, <laughs> oh man oh man that's a good one she's a good one gosh and it is funny because you just don't it, like the whole beginning of it. You're like, how does this even tie into Oklahoma? And you right. forget that her final victim. I forgot that her final husband. Right. Was I know. Tulsa. I was sitting here like thinking, oh, they're going to think like, what does this have to do with Oklahoma? <laughs> She's not even like, it's not even happening here. Yeah. But we got her. We're, we're here. We're here. Yeah. We made it, y'all. We made it there. All right. Well, if you have any show suggestions or questions or comments, please reach out to us at Curious Cousins, okay, at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all of our social medias at Curious Cousins OK Podcast on Facebook, at Curious Cousins OK on Instagram, and at Curious Cousins OK on Twitter, but Cousins is spelled C-U-Z-N. You can also stream us on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms including apple and spotify and amazon and iHeartRadio. <laughs> and last but certainly not least if you love the show uh please please consider rating us and reviewing us on those podcast platforms we would really appreciate it mm-hmm. and if you have the desire to hear more curious cousins you can subscribe to our Patreon at Curious Cousins OK on Patreon. And we only have one tier, and I think it's $5 a month. This month will be my yes. month to um, put our extra episode up. So, and our here's bonus a hint episode, it's not Oklahoma based. It's not Oklahoma based, no. And it is said to be extremely haunted. Yes. And lots of I can't true crime wait. there. True crime has happened there. Cannot wait. All right. So other than that, just tell them what to keep it. Keep it kooky and spooky. Bye. Bye.